You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Rock, good afternoon. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm great. I'm doing great, uh, Grandpa. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I actually turned into that person I swore I would never be where I just shoved my phone in people's faces. Look how cute she is. I swore <laughs> I would never do that. I am that guy now. <laughs> I always knew you would be that guy. Uh, so Rock Kabako is <laughs> joining us now. Uh, Rock, uh, let, let's, uh, let's, let's turn our attention to last night's game. Uh, the Orioles almost, but not enough. Uh, they lose 7-6, but this has been an Orioles team, man. They went on a 10-game win streak. What has been unique? What has been special? What has been different about this season, especially as of late? Yeah, it's great to show you just how unexpected and crazy this is. I actually look at the standings again. I mean, I haven't looked at the standings since early 2018. And now I am checking the standings to see how they're doing. I actually have used the words wild card race. I mean, I haven't used that one since 18. I'm dusting off old terms. That's how well this team's playing, how surprising it's been. And it's really all about the pitching, first and foremost. I mean, it's, you know, we thought the rotation would collapse without John Means. We made a couple starts, had Tommy John. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman was the local kid starting the home opener. He's in the minors now. Grayson Rodriguez, top pitching prospect in baseball, was supposed to to be here, and he has a strained lat and may not pitch uh, until next season. September, he's hoping, but maybe next year. And here they are. The, the rotation is held together. The bullpen is ranked last in the majors in ERA for last, I don't know how many years now, since this rebuild started, the teardown. And they went into last night's game with the fourth lowest ERA in baseball, fifth most innings pitched. So that could be a problem eventually. But so the pitching has just been a major surprise. The bullpen's full of waiver claims. And, you know, Jorge Lopez is an all-star closer, and he never closed before. So it's just been – it's all about the pitching right now. They've played 55 games. that have been decided by two runs or fewer. That leads the majors. Uh, you know, it's, and I don't know whether you look at that as, uh, you know, a grind for them. They're not good enough. To, to blow teams out or just the fact that they always battle back like you saw last night. They're down 7-3, and that should have been it. And in past years, they would have gotten blown out and end up losing 7-6. So they're a gritty, energetic bunch that's pitching a lot better than they have in the past. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Again, Rock Kubako joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. So, so, you know, again, we just started the quote-unquote second half of the season after the All-Star break. What are your realistic expectations moving forward? I mean, you know, we've seen this Orioles team be sellers as opposed to buyers uh, as we get close to the trade deadline, which is fast approaching on August 2nd. Uh, what, what can we realistically expect from this Orioles team? I mean, unfortunately, they're still in the American League East. The new CBA did not get them out of that division. So it's still going to be a problem. <laughs> I mean, they're in last place. And at one point, they'll have been in third place in the AL West. So it's just unfortunate. All the teams above them, obviously. Uh, most of them really big spenders. All of them really talented. They have the resources. 
They just keep reloading. So I would assume it's going to be really hard for them to get out of last place. Plus, they are, for the most part, going to be sellers. They're, they're still looking big picture. Michael Ice, I'm sure he has enjoyed how competitive they've been. He was hoping for that. But it doesn't mean suddenly they're going to mortgage the future and start trading prospects for veterans who could be like the final piece of the puzzle. Andrew Miller's not walking through that door. Bud Norris is not walking through that door. They're not going to do that. But what they could do in a strange kind of buyer way is go out and get, let's say, a starting pitcher who's under team control beyond 2022. They would be willing to give up something for that kind of guy who helps them pass this year, but they're still not going to trade one of their top prospects. They're not in on Juan Soto. Forget that. Uh, so, you, you know, they're, they're going to be mainly sellers. It's going to disappoint fans. It's going to disappoint the clubhouse. But, you know, Trey Mancini, Lopez, Jordan Lyles has been an innings eater as a starter. Anthony Santander could be multiple bullpen arms. If you make the right offer, those guys are going to be moved, despite the fact that they're still in the wild card race. Um, you know, you, you, you mentioned uh, Juan Soto. I, I do want to get to that bigger picture Major League Baseball talk in just a second. But again, you were at the ballpark yesterday. Michael King, unfortunately, in the eighth elbow injury reports are it's a broken elbow. Take us there. Um, what did you see? Uh, you know, I, I was I was I was watching. I saw the video. Uh, it seemed like he was in a lot of a lot of pain, but a very um, unorthodox injury, right? It is for throwing a pitch, is what we assume happened. And of course, he was having his usual Michael King outing, and then all of a sudden they came to the mound, and the way he was moving, the first thought is always oblique, which there are no day-to-day oblique injuries, but that would have been a lot better news than what ended up happening. But we assumed it was that. But then after the game, you know, we go downstairs to get the manager and go in the clubhouse, and we saw him on his phone with his right arm in a sling. And I'm like, well, that's probably not oblique. A very freakish accident to fracture your elbow throwing a pitch. I'm sure we'll learn more today, but he's done for the season, and that is a huge loss for them. Because Roldis Chapman cannot be trusted right now. He faced four batters last night, gave up the huge three-run homer to Anthony Santander through two wild pitches, basically booed off the mound by all the Yankee fans. They still have a, a premier closer, Clay Holmes, but you don't have that bridge anymore to get the ball to him, which means they're definitely going to be in the market for relievers. And, oh, by the way, the Orioles do have relievers who, in the right deal, could be acquired even within the division. So it'll be interesting to see if Michael Ice's phone rings and if he would be willing, let's say, to part with a Jorge Lopez or a Dylan Tate, the ex-Yankee that came to the Orioles in the Zach Britton trade, because certainly the Orioles would be dealing from position of strength, and there's just a lot of appeal to other clubs. But that's a big loss for the Yankees, because King is a you know, really special arm, and it was just such a weird kind of injury for him to sustain. Uh, that, that's for sure. Again, uh, Rock Kabako joining us here on 98.70 SPN. Uh, you've got Garrett Cole pitching tonight. Nine and two with a three oh two ERA, only giving up two earned runs in two of his last sixteen uh twelve in, in twelve of his last sixteen starts, of course. And then uh for uh for the Orioles you have Lyles, of course, on the bump. One and two with a four five six ERA. Your your thoughts on tonight's game. Yeah, I mean it's just like it's always like one tough starting pitcher after another. You know, now here's Garrett Cole who in his career against the Orioles has like a, a two something ERA. But this year they faced them twice. I think they've got like seven runs and 14 innings against them. So you'd like to think maybe they figured something out. Probably not. Because, you know, he's just another one of those guys that's going to be a grind for them. But, again, if they fall behind early, it's, it's not a big deal anymore. As a sports writer, you can't write from the top anymore with this team. They're down 6 nothing at St. Pete, and you think it would have been over and they battle back. That's just what they do. 
but they're going to have to have really quality good at-bats, stay patient. Sometimes they tend to, to swing a little too much early, get themselves in pitcher's counts, get themselves out. But, you know, Lyles, again, like, you, you know, they gave him the $8 million contract guaranteed for this year, which for them is a lot of money. $11 million option does not have a great career ERA or whip, but he was that guy that every five days is going to want the ball, could pitch deep into games, make his 30-plus starts, which they desperately needed with this rotation, and certainly now without John Means. So he's given them everything they've wanted and more. And he basically, for the most part, has been able to keep them in games. Then they, you hope that the, uh, you know, that the offense kind of rallies late if they're behind. So I would expect more of the same. But, again, it's, just, it's such a tough uphill climb with a guy like Cole. Obviously, what you want to do is try to get to that bullpen, especially without King now and take your chances, that's what they'll try to do. Try to run up his pitch count and get him out of there maybe a little bit earlier. Um, you know, Rock, before we let you go, you, you mentioned Juan Soto. It's been a big topic of discussion for us, especially in the first hour, and understandably so. Uh, Jack Curry, uh, right before we, we went on air, was reporting that the Yankees are definitely going to be in the running for Juan Soto. Uh, first things first, I'm hearing that a trade package is going to be record-setting. Uh, in regard to what it would take to lure him away or, or, or get the Washington Nationals to agree to a trade. Uh, give us an idea of what you think that will entail. Right. It's going to have to be a handful of top prospects, but also the Nationals want major league ready players. They, just, they don't, just don't want a team to basically empty its farm system. And they are dealing from position of strength because, and my first thought after seeing the report in the athletic about, you know, him turning down the $440 million offer besides, wow, that's a lot to walk away from was that the Nationals don't have to make a trade now. It's under team control for two and a half more years. So you listen to offers, obviously. You can revisit it in the offseason. You can revisit it at next year's deadline because he's still not a rental. But, yeah, if you're blown away with an offer now, of course, you go ahead and take it. But there's no real urgency to make that trade. 15 years, $440 million is not going to get it done. And, you know, I, I, I ran that past some players in the Oriole Clubhouse, and to a man they were like, eh, it's probably worth more than that. I respect a man who will gamble on himself because, again, two and a half more years before free agency, you could blow out a knee, the market could do some weird thing, collusion, whatever. You're really betting on yourself. But that annual average value of the contract was under 30, and I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but if this is about pride and him being maybe the best overall player in baseball, it is a big deal. So as it turns out, that offer wasn't good enough. Maybe he doesn't want to play until he's in his late 30s. I'd say give me $10 million at that total because I'm going to be done playing in my 30s, early 30s. But I don't think that's in the, on the table. So it's going to take a handful of top prospects. It's also going to take some major league-ready talent. So it depends really on what team is willing to go ahead and really strip down its farm system plus give up some, at least one major league player who's you know, very important to their club. And, you know, in, in talking about what the Yankees, uh, what it would entail, um, would, would the assumption is they land Soto uh, no-go for Aaron Judge moving forward. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm sure as you only know, Rock, and, you know, what Aaron Judge, he is the face of this franchise. And for a good month now, I've been fielding calls from Yankee fans like, you know, uh, the Yankees are going to have to do everything they can to make sure that they uh, retain Aaron Judge, regardless of what offers come to him in November. But with this, you're talking about a player who's seven years younger than Aaron Judge, right? And Aaron Judge wants that 10-year, $40 million contract. Um, your, your thoughts on what happens with Aaron Judge if, in fact, the Yankees do land Juan Soto? It'd be interesting if the Yankees actually decided they couldn't afford both. Then again, you know, you've only got Soto 
you got it for two and a half years. You don't have to necessarily re-sign him. You know, you could let him leave as a free agent win your championship, hopefully, before that happens. But clearly, you know, you would, I would think if you're going to give up that much, you would want to have him long term. You know, there's always like beware of giving big contracts to sluggers like an Aaron Judge. And there are so many examples. There's one here in Baltimore with Chris Davis, but he isn't a slugging, aging first baseman. So he does, you know, he is an outfielder. He's playing center field. Maybe he's different, the high on base percentage. So uh, maybe you should make the comparison to Davis and, and Fielder and Pujols and guys like that. But uh, I would think the Yankee fans, as upset as they would be, to lose Judge, and I mean the place erupted last night after his two mammoth home runs. I would think Juan Soto would at least make them feel a little better, but I guarantee you there are plenty of people in the Bronx saying, why can't we have both? I mean, this is New York. You can do both. Great stuff as always, Rock. I miss you, my friend. Uh, Enjoy the game later on tonight. You You got it. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.